This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. See, what happens with relativism is culture supersedes and changes truth. True Foundations is a ministry that seeks to explain and apply biblical teaching to real life in today's ever-changing world. With a view towards building a stronger church, the teachings are focused on making Scripture work for people by encouraging them to allow the words of Jesus to change them from within. Well, we continue our in Galatians. And I'm going to read from chapter 3, verse 27. For as many of you has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and stewards until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elemental forces of the world. But when the completion of the time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. As we know that much of this particular letter uh, deals with the, the issue of legalism and freedom in Christ and contrasts them. And more than contrasts, actually exposes legalism for what it is, that it is against the gospel. It is not a part of the gospel. So we know that's by the generality of what this letter is about. But there are some things here that I think are very helpful to us in our own journey in Christian things. Uh, because we don't come from um, that kind of background that these people came from. We were not Jews. Uh, we were not under that Old Testament law. Uh, but, but often we have our own stuff going on, uh, our own uh, form of legalism, the things that really we have added to the gospel uh, rather than letting the gospel speak for itself, uh, added to for lots of different reasons. But we have to think about it in that way. But here are some of the issues that we should really think about. There's being baptized into Christ, and there is putting on Christ. Right. Now, if I remember correctly, when we had the, the conference um, just over a week ago, a guy asked the question at the end about being in Christ and Christ in us. I thought it was a really good question. Uh, this is a similar kind of idea. And, and we know really it is about our relationship with God. Uh, and we know that sometimes when you read the Bible, we are, we are restricted by the use of our language. And the truth is so big, uh, and it, it has to be written down, and it has to be accurate, uh, and we have to explain it um, 
because just something written down on a page is never quite enough. It's not that we can add to what is written down, but somehow what is written down has to find the fullness of its expression within us. And I think that is where often we go astray uh, because the legalistic mindset would tend uh, to go for literalism uh, and literalism is, is just not very helpful to us. We have to go beyond that and to expound what is the Bible really saying to us? What does it mean? Uh, and we need to know what it means. This is not just a throwaway phrase, baptized into Christ, put on Christ. It's not just a throwaway. It defines something which is absolutely vital for our understanding. Now, if we understand uh, baptism at all, we recognize its initiation into something. Uh, baptism uh, that, that took place certainly in the early church, very, very early on, um, after somebody had received Christ through repentance and faith, uh, it was usually followed by baptism, full immersion in water, very, very quickly and early on. Uh, it's not always like that, obviously, and there's reasons for it. But the point of it was that it was an initiation into identifying with the death and resurrection of Christ into Christ you see it's identifying it's not a set of rules uh, it's not a whole bunch of ideas something real has to take place uh, and it happens in time in history, at a point for each and every one of us that have come the way of repentance and faith, we are followers of Jesus, it had a beginning. Uh, and beginnings, initiation, that's what baptism is all about. But then there needs to be a continuing. There is a putting on. So there is that which is within, and there is that which is without. And the Bible is full of that tension, isn't it? That contrast. You read what Paul has to say time and time again in his letters. This idea of putting off and putting on. And this idea of identifying that, that it is internal. So the Christian life is about that which is internal first and then that which is external. The law was all about externalism. It was rule and ritual. It was symbol, all of those things. But it really was an external thing. Now we who are in Christ, through this new way that came by the work of Jesus on the cross, we start with the internal. Because without it, there is no resurrection. There is no new life. There is no change of identity. And so, we are into Christ. We are in him, he is in, in us. It is an internal thing that gives us identity. But it must not stop there. 
it must find its expression outwardly. And I think that is where many, many people struggle. And often in the Christian life, because of this tendency uh, towards a form of legalism, uh, which is usually a, a performance of things, things that can be seen, uh, things that can be looked at and say, yeah, that person is a good Christian because they do this, that, and the other, whatever it is, uh, whatever the, the rules, the standards of, of that particular group of Christians that people belong to. And so the definition is taken from the external. Well, that person is a good Christian, that person isn't. Now, external is important because we live externally. Of course we do. But it's misleading. Because when we do things from the outside place, we can do them without anything having changed inside. We can do them without our identity being clearly defined and known. We do them because we think we must. Uh, we do them because we think it, it gains something for us. Uh, we do them perhaps because there is acceptance in the circle that we are part of. Uh, people do it in this, this way in a particular group. And so to be part of the group, uh, you have to comply. The whole Jewish law was like that. Jewish society was like that. To such an extent... Uh, that anybody outside of that society was they were they were thought as as being less than of no account of no possibility of having true relationship with God. It was that extreme. The greatness of what Paul is teaching us is that what Christ has done firstly changes our identity. Now I know that some people who uh, have a particular agenda uh, want to take a, the next line where it talks about uh, no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. They want to use that in some kind of uh, a new definition of, of, of who people are. Uh, and so, well, there we have it, you see. We're all the same. Um, there's no male, there's no female, and it goes down all kinds of strange routes. Well, there is a change of identity, and our identity is found in who Jesus is. But this is an internal thing, not an external thing. Because the truth of the matter is, we're who we are. Um, I'm English, that's the way it is, I can't change it. And Hank Storch, he can't change that. What can you do about it? Nothing. You're a guy, somebody else is a girl. You can't do anything about it. It's the way it is. It doesn't change. Sometimes even your place in society, for as much as we like to think we can do whatever we please, we can't. Some things, it's the way they are. You're born into a wealthy family, that's it. You were. You're born into a poor family, you were born into a poor family. You can't change it. It's nothing you can do about it. Externally, nothing. But it does not say who you really are. Because that's an internal thing. And that is to do with our connection to Christ. It is nothing whatsoever to do with our roles in society or in the church in particular. That's what we're thinking about. It has nothing whatsoever to do with that. 
It says that what Jesus did reaches across the whole of society. It reaches across from the, the richest to the poorest, uh, to the ones that can do whatever they think they please, uh, to the ones who have no choices at all. Uh, it reaches across to guys and to women uh, and makes no distinction in where the gospel can go and its ability to redefine every single person that comes to Christ. We have a new identity in him. That's what the work of the cross did. Uh, that's what the resurrection did and made it a reality uh, so that that is all uh, that we have in front of us now when before we had no hope. Now that has changed. But what he wants to tell us here is a great lesson. We must live from the inside out. You cannot live from the outside in. You cannot change by doing the things that you think are required or seem to be right. You should do what's right anyway. Of course you should. And the way that this is explained is the difference uh, between a slave and free, a child and an adult. When we come to Christ, our identity, it really is changed. Now God is our Heavenly Father. He wasn't before. He was our Creator. But he was not our Heavenly Father. Uh, we did not have that kind of connection and relationship with him. But when we came to Christ, all of that changed. Now he becomes our Father. The fact that he is our Father defines who we are. We are sons and heirs. Now forget the male-female thing because that's, that's irrelevant to this. You've got to use some word. Nobody yet has come up with a word that everybody is happy with, uh, with, with male-female, sons, daughters. Nobody's done it. They never will. But So let's just take it as it is. It's fine. It works. It defines our relationship to God. It says he's our father. Uh, and because he's our father, then we become heirs. Now these are, uh, these are metaphors for relationship words. It's very difficult for us to fully understand where that takes us beyond this life. It's quite difficult because we're not there yet. And it's probably bigger than what we think it is anyway because of the vastness of who God is. If God is our Father and he's the creator of the universe and he wants to call us uh, those who are in a relationship with him like son and father, uh, that, that we have relationship with him uh, that makes us to be heirs, uh, that tells me it's pretty big. It's bigger than what we know and understand. But what Paul is trying to get us to understand is that it should affect not only who we are, but how we live now. That's what he's after. That's the real point of this, is that when we uh, 
uh, in Christ, we come to him, uh, we, are, we are his followers, we are his disciples, we have been born again, something has changed radically to each and every one that has come that way. We belong to him, he is our father, we are heirs. But for many, that's where it stops. Because you can choose whether you live as an heir or not. And the example is like the child and the adult. Those of you that have had kids, you know you've got to keep telling your kids what to do. They might not like it, they might not do it, they might even do the opposite. But you've got to keep telling them. And of course, increasingly, as they get older, the hope is that you have to keep telling them less. Well, you know how that goes. And the day comes when you don't tell them anything. Now, that's a whole different story. Um, and some of you are not quite there yet, but you're getting the rumblings of it, I think. But the point about being a child is you have to learn. Uh, you have to learn how to make good decisions, wise choices. You have to learn how to negotiate life, how to live well. Some never do. Many never do. But we have God as our Father. And in a sense, we have Jesus as our brother. Uh, we, we have a standard uh, that is totally and utterly reliable to look at. Uh, but it seems that uh, what Paul is saying is that even in the early church, never mind today, that many, many people didn't quite grasp this. And so there they are, they're born again, it's all wonderful. It's all clappy, clappy, happy, happy stuff. But nothing changes. That's not right, is it? What is inside needs to show itself outwardly. And the law kept them as if they were still children. Why? Because it was a schoolmaster to lead them to the place of freedom in Christ. They're still going to school. That's what kids do. They go to school, mostly. There's probably one or two of you in here that I've had the other day, day off that nobody else knows about. You know, yeah. Because you won't admit it. I, I've had a day like that when I was at school. I hated school. That's not a value statement for you. It's just my life experience. I just didn't like it. And I, I used to sneak off occasionally. Well, in a Christian life, you can't afford to do that. Learn the lesson and grow. See, the law was to teach the lesson. Uh, but once the law was fulfilled, so should the lesson be fulfilled. And then you are free uh, to live in the way that God would have you live. You're no longer bound uh, by the rules and restrictions 
but you're living from the inside and because the inside is connected to God, there's nothing wrong with the inside. You live in the way which is right and proper and honoring to God. That's what scares some people stiff. Oh no, no, if I don't give them a rule to follow, then they'll go off on the wrong track. No. If you are living from the inside place, baptized into Christ, in Christ, you'll do well. You'll make the right choices. Why wouldn't you? Do you not trust in what Christ has done? Or do you trust in uh, the rules and regulations that you make? I think it's foolish to trust in the rules and regulations. It is far better to trust Christ within because that is what will lead you on the right path and lead you to the way of freedom. It's like being a slave. Now we don't go in for slavery a great deal um, these days, or do we? I think uh, slavery in the world actually is massive. It has different ways of expressing itself, but slavery today is massive. It is a big, big issue. Uh, the problem with the slave is that he's not free. And the problem with the slave is he cannot make his own decisions and follow through on them. You see, it's all right thinking, oh yeah, I can make decisions, but if you can't follow through, it's a waste of time. You've got to be able to follow through. And God does not want us to be like slaves. He wants us to be free. In fact, everything was risked in the garden in the beginning regarding this issue of freedom. Freedom. It seemed like a risk, except that God knew better. He is sovereign after all. But we have to take what seems to be a risk if we want freedom. And a risk that we must take is identify with Christ. Die to the old nature. Put it off. So that Christ can be formed within us and we can live from that new place. And in that place, we become heirs. Slavery is past. We are no longer children. Children need the rules. Slaves have no ability to make choices and follow it through because they have to do exactly what the master tells them, whether they like it or not. And without doubt, in this early church time, there were many, many true believing people. Christ indwelt them but they were still living as if they were under the law. What a contradiction. Christ within us means that we are set free so that we are not bound to try and earn our acceptance by compliance with the rule, the law that is imposed upon us 
by whatever means it might be. If God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, if that is real, if I know without a shadow of doubt that I have been born again, if I know that, then I must start to understand that my identity comes only from Christ. And if it does, I live freely from that place. If I think that somehow I can please God by getting all the external things in order and do them right, we have missed the gospel. We have put in its place a substitute. A substitute. They'll kill you. They'll put you into bondage. They'll deceive you. They'll make you think that you're righteous when you're not. But Christ within, as we have him dwelling within, as we have him redefining us, then we live from a different place. Putting off then allows us to put on. You cannot put on to put off. You put off to put on. But you can only do that when Christ has found his settled place within you. You know who you are. You live from that new identity. And the bondage of that legalism is absolutely put away. It is the great cry of the hearts of many people even though they do not know Christ, is to live in freedom in every possible way. It is the cry of our hearts, but for us, it becomes a reality if we would choose it. Amen. Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at info at truefoundations.ca. Or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.